This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Forget the frustration of picking commerce platforms when you switch your business to Shopify, the global commerce platform that supercharges your selling wherever you sell. With Shopify, you'll harness the same intuitive features, trusted apps, and powerful analytics used by the world's leading brands. Sign up today for your $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash tech, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash tech. If you're struggling to lose weight, you've probably heard about weight loss medications like Wigovi or ZepBound, and you might be wondering if they're right for you. Meet Plush Care a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. If you qualify, they can safely prescribe you medication from the comfort of your own home. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. You're listening to the Dustin Gold Standard on pain.tv. All right, folks, I am Dustin Gold with the Dustin Gold Standard right here on pain.tv slash gold. That's right, folks. We are rocking and rolling here, and I'm going to jump right back into this, folks. We are at West Point Academy. We went back in time to October 2018 in our time machine. Um, and we are watching Dr. James Giordano explain brain science. And we've already picked up a lot of intelligence, folks, that the brain is the 21st century battlescape that we will all encounter or have encountered a neurocognitive science weaponized against us in our professional or personal lives. We're picking up a lot. Right now, we are at this point in which he says, remember this forever, AAA, assess, access, and affect the brain. All right, let's continue. Look at the power that understanding tools and techniques of the brain sciences afford. It's there before you on the screen. Obviously, if in fact this gives me some insight to the way people interact, inclusive of the way they may interact in bellicose, aggressive, violent, and volatile ways, And it also confers upon me certain powers to be able to influence that, alter that, change that, mitigate that. Then clearly, I'm able to use the brain sciences, as we have tried repeatedly in the past, to influence the postures and capabilities, not only of our own individuals who are engaged in warfare, intelligence, and national security operations, but those who seek to threaten us. In other words, we can utilize these things in national security, intelligence, and defense. Okay, let's just pause that for a second, because I'm going to back it up and read to you what was on the uh, screen, folks, um, before he started to change gears. So up on the screen, he has a slide. It says, neuroscience and technology, neuro S slash T, puts the brain at our fingertips. And it says, potential to harness and engage neuro-ST, that's neuroscience and technology, in convergent multidisciplinary approaches to study, define, predict, and influence human ecologies. Number two, affect human activities on individual group and population levels. You hear that? Affect human activities on individual group and population levels. Number three, to affect human relations on local, regional, 
and global scales. Number three, influence postures and conduct of national security and defense agendas. You see, it's, it's manipulation, folks. Manipulation. All right, let's continue. In other words, we can utilize these things in national security, intelligence, and defense. Okay, so now up on the screen, he has a slide. Neuroscience, neurotechnology in NSID. Let's see if he explains this. If not, I will read the slide to you. Please look at the timeline. A mere 10 years ago, 2008, the National Academy of Sciences National Research Council convened a group to create a report dedicated to if and why and how brain sciences might be viable, valid, and of value in national security, intelligence, and defense operations. And in 2008, they did a five-year retrospective and came to the conclusion that although these things may be valid, their relative viability and value at that particular time rendered them not ready for prime time play. Okay, so this is important. So in 2008, he has up there, uh, that's what he's talking about, NAS-NRC report. Neuroscience and technology not yet viable for operational NS, uh, NSID use. So not viable in 2008. Very interesting, very interesting. All right, let's continue. Our group, working with others internationally inclusive of the Nuffield Council in the UK, proceeded forward from 2008 and did a slightly deeper dive looking at international capabilities, limitations, and delimitations in the brain sciences, and came to a very, very different set of conclusions. Not only were the brain sciences increasingly being considered, interested, and used for possibilities of national security, intelligence, and defense, but they would continue to be so as more and more countries internationally developed the capabilities and the specialized agendas to be able to look into the brain and affect the brain. So much so that by 2014, the exact same committee reconvened and recognize at that time that the brain sciences indeed were ready and in operational prime time for warfare, intelligence, and national security agenda. You know okay, hold on. So now he says in 2014, and folks, I'm going to use this as a teaching moment too. I've watched this before. I've listened to this before. But this time I'm listening to it and I'm taking notes on it. And the reason why I'm doing this, uh, if you're taking notes on what I'm talking about or what he's talking about, this is how I start to try to figure out if I can connect dots between this and other stuff we have reviewed here or things that I know are coming in the future. See, we're trying to figure out what they did to us over the last two and a half years, the last five years, the last 10 years, and where they're going with this 10 years from now. I'm going to just back this up a few seconds. Develop the capabilities and the specialized agendas to be able to look into the brain and affect the brain. So much so that by 2014, the exact same committee reconvened and recognized at that time that the brain sciences indeed were ready and in operational prime time for warfare, intelligence, and national security agenda. Okay, so he says in 2014, brain sciences were ready for operational, and he believes, he said, I believe he says in operation uh, for national security, intelligence, etc. So basically ready for warfare, ladies and gentlemen. Let's continue. The words, it is valid, valuable, and already in operational play. The brain is the current and future battle space or at least one that can be leveraged in those ways to be able to create tremendous effect with fairly little investment of engagement.
Okay, so he's saying in 2014, it was already operational. The brain was already one of the battlescapes. And he opens up by saying the brain is the 21st century battlescape. And remember what I told you before we started. We are the enemy, folks. So when they're talking about whatever he's going to talk about as far as manipulating the mind... It is being done to us. Just remember that. They put this stuff out publicly on the internet. You'd say, why is this uh, unclassified? Why is this allowed to be up on the internet? Part of manipulating us and playing with our mind, folks. I think they actually find this stuff to be quite funny, to be honest with you. All right, let's continue. Up on the slide, he uh, up on the screen, he has a slide. Neuroscience and technology in MSID, access, assess, effect. And those were the three A's that he talked about earlier. But remember now, they're saying 2014, brain science was in operational play. And the brain was a battlescape. All right, let's continue. In other words, what it allows us to do is assess the brain, access the brain, and affect the brain. I'll unapologetically repeat myself throughout this lecture to drive home this point with regard to these capabilities because each and all have gravitas importance and operational leverageability. That said, what are these techniques and technologies that have rendered this capability and, if you will, geopolitical, military, and social power? Well, I have them here before you. Generalization, we could parse them down into two discrete domains. First, the assessment neurotechnologies that do exactly as the name would imply. They are based upon various tools that we can use to assess those structures and functions of the brain that may be involved in those processes of cognition, emotion, and behaviors. Okay, so the ability to assess the brain, right? The ability to assess the brain. Remember, this is why I wanted to build this all up for you and go back to Operation Paperclip, MK Ultra, and show you the mind manipulation, the mind hacking, the mind bending, the ability to run studies on the brain, on the mind, on human behavior using LSD when they basically strip away um, some of your control over your body and your mind. And then the new rollout of the psychedelics coming out in the mental health and the growing, the orchestrated growth in the mental health um, field, okay? The diagnoses of mental illness. And so we're seeing this all come together. That's why this is very complex, but this is going to fill in a lot of gaps, folks. All right, let's continue. Humans are tool users. Rarely, however, do we turn over a rock, look around a corner, or peer under the bed just to know what's under there. We use, at very, very least, the knowledge we have gained from turning the rock over and looking under the bed around the corner. And very often, those things that we find under the rock, under the bed, or around the corner become tools for us to use in a variety of other engagements. Brain science, like any other science and technology, is no different. Earlier in the day at lunch, Major and I had a conversation about the viability of different types of research. Science for science's sake. Science just to know because that's where your interests lie. Oh, look, I've been an academic for well over four decades, and I can tell you that that kind of research is wonderful. But when that research is generated for a purpose and when it's funded and when that purpose deals with those things that are near and dear to the health, survivability, flourishing and protection of kith and kin, then that research is operational research that has an end goal of use. This is what this is about. It's not just a question of trying to figure out what makes the brain tick and the way it's built. It's can we get in there to affect the ticking and talking 
and by affecting the way that brain is built and the way it functions, influence in ways that are kinetic and non-kinetic the attitudes, beliefs, thoughts, emotions, activities, and relative vulnerabilities and predispositions of those individuals for whom both we are responsible in terms of our own forces, perhaps to make them better, more insulated against injury, operationally protected and enhanced, and those who may threaten us. Pause for a second, Professor. Pause for a second there, Dr. James Giordano. Folks, I hope you just heard what I heard. I hope you picked up what I picked up. Now, I told you this guy talks fast. He packs a lot of intelligence into a very short amount of time. I need to replay this clip for you. You need to fully understand what he just said. Remember, he talked about in 2014, four years prior to this speech, this lecture, that the brain science uh, warscape, battlescape was already in operational play. Let me just play this one more time for you because what he's talking about is that science for science's sake, science just to answer questions is one thing. Okay, it's all fun in the world of academia, he says. But science for the purposes of actually affecting something are what's important. And he says, talking specifically about brain science, that they aren't just there poking around to figure out how things work. They are there to manipulate and to change and to affect things. And I want you to hear that again because this proves a major point for us that they aren't just talking theoretically they aren't just doing this for shits and giggles they are there to manipulate and i will tell you they're going to be mind controlling mind hacking and mind bending at the same time they aren't doing all this transhumanist frankenstein technology just for the heck of it they're doing it because they're trying to affect something they're trying to build something they're trying to destroy something Thing. That's what I keep telling you. It's a war against humanity. This is the engineering of humanity out of existence. Once these guys take control of your mind, your behavior, your thoughts, your dreams, your desires, your memories, your hopes, then what do you have left as a human? They want to control everything, ladies and gentlemen. They're doing it through people like Dr. James Giordano, a Frankenstein monster who works on behalf of the state at the highest levels for the new world order. At the world level, folks, there are no governments like we believe in. He just told you he is sponsored by the U.S. government, but he is working on these projects on the world stage. He sits in the U.N., he shares this information. They're all working together, folks. All this stuff is controlled through places like the World Economic Forum. Ladies and gentlemen, when I get back, I'm going to replay that clip for you because it's one of the most important things we've heard, and we've already polled about a half dozen highly valuable pieces of intelligence out of this lecture. Ladies and gentlemen, I am Dustin Gold with the Dustin Gold Standard right here on pain.tv slash gold. You're listening to the Dustin Gold Standard on Payne.tv. Join the discussion at Payne.tv slash gold. You're listening to the Dustin Gold Standard on Payne.tv. 
All right, folks, I am Dustin Gold back here with the Dustin Gold Standard on pain.tv slash gold. All right, folks, we are picking up a lot of information. I think you can see why I waited so long to do this uh, review of the Dr. James Giordano piece. Because there's just so much he talks about that connects back to things that we've already covered. And so I have to always lay this foundation for you before we get into something as complex as this lecture. But once we understand, once we analyze and we fully understand this lecture, this is going to lead us to so many other places. And each one of these that we do... Each one of these we absorb, and then I usually run another few episodes, and I kind of link it back in, and this way it gets placed into your head. It allows you to remember it, folks. I'm mind-hacking you. No, I'm trying to help you understand this, comprehend it, and remember it, so that when we move on to the next piece and the next piece, you're going to have this big, solid foundation and understand what technocratic transhumanism is and where these guys are going with it. All right, let's pick up where we left off. Just so much intelligence here, folks. And if we end up having to back up a little bit and relook at some of this stuff tomorrow or the next day, we will do that. Because this is a pretty long lecture, but I think it is, frankly, invaluable if you do want to understand where we're going in the future. All right, let's continue. Ability, flourishing, and protection of kith and kin, then that research is operational research that has an end goal of use. This is what this is about. It's not just a question of trying to figure out what makes the brain tick in the way it's built. It's Okay, end goal of use. He's saying this brain science, end goal of use, and it's not just about finding out how the brain ticks. Can we get in there to affect the ticking and talking and by a... He wants to affect the ticking and talking. Do you understand this? They are building this at the world stage in cooperation with all of these different governments, he said, not for the end goal uh, of use. They want to get in there and they want to affect the ticking and talking of the brain. Affecting the way that brain is built and the way it functions, influence in ways that are kinetic and non-kinetic, the attitudes, beliefs, thoughts, emotions, activities, and relative vulnerabilities and predispositions of those individuals for whom both we are responsible in terms of our own forces, perhaps to make them better, more insulated against injury, operationally protected and enhanced, and those who may threaten us. Okay. Okay. Do you understand that, folks? I mean, seriously, like, I hope you do. And and sometimes I have to listen to that kind of stuff two or three times to fully absorb it. And I assume if I have to, you may have to. Of course, I've had a head cold the last couple of days, so I don't absorb information as fast as I normally do. But I want to just back that up and play it one more time and then listen to what he says at the end. He talks about how not just to use this against our enemies, but to use it with our warfighters to maybe affect their brain, tweak their brain, affect the ticking and talking in their brain to make them better warfighters. But as I told you, don't think of this as some program that's going to be building a cyborg soldier and putting it out in the battlefield to fight cave dwellers in Afghanistan. 
we are the enemy in all of this. So when they're talking about utilizing this stuff against the enemy, but also utilizing it to make their warriors better, think about Yuval Noah Harari. Think about the discussion I had with Dan Golvach about how the guys at the top want to become these immortal gods, while the rest of us, they'll either kill, you know, genocide us, depopulate us, or or turn some of us into slaves. So when they're talking about affecting the mind of the enemy, they're talking about me and you. When they are talking about giving the power to their warfighters, I believe in the end you're going to find out. In the end, not in this speech, I'm talking about in the future, that these powers they want to give to themselves. All of the mind uploading, the mind tweaking, the Marvel superhero powers, the nanobot Iron Man suits, the weird tweaked up DNA spliced biological bodies they grow inside of synthetic wombs. This is their technology. They're trying to turn themselves into some super freak race. That's what Jared Kushner and the rest of these weirdo transhumanist singularity supporting freaks want to become. All right, I'm going to roll this back, listen one more time, then I'll let it play through. Ability, flourishing and protection of kith and kin, then that research is operational research that has an end goal of use. This is what this is about. It's not just a question of trying to figure out what makes the brain tick and the way it's built. It's can we get in there to affect the ticking and talking, and by affecting the way that brain is built and the way it functions, influence in ways that are kinetic and non-kinetic, the attitudes, beliefs, thoughts, emotions, activities, and relative vulnerabilities and predispositions of those individuals for whom both we are responsible in terms of our own forces, perhaps to make them better, more insulated against injury, operationally protected and enhanced, and those who may threaten us. Okay, right. There it is. So those that threaten us would be me and you, and tweaking of them, their warfighters are them. I don't think it's the military. I really don't. I don't, I just don't see it. I don't see, uh, like, we're going to create Iron Man um, exoskeleton suits strapped around real-life Incredible Hulks, and then we're going to fly six of these things over in a Chinook helicopter and drop them off in the mountains to uh, battle Vladimir Putin's, you know, human army. I, I just... I don't see that. I mean, try to think of that from a common sense perspective. And if everybody has mutant creatures, uh, okay, why are they all meeting at the world stage like he's talking about? America's not just America and its allies, but everyone is involved with brain science and tweaking the brain and building these uh, freakish mutant monsters. It doesn't make sense, folks. Unless they're going to make mutant monsters to turn them against us, I would think that they're... Be- using the guise of the military to build this superhuman technology for themselves and then they're going to use the other side of it the messing with our brains affect the ticking and talking to turn us into some kind of slaves i don't know with the psychedelics and the vr headsets or something i mean this just seems to be where they're going with this I know my idea may sound crazy to you, but does his idea not sound crazy to you? Does Cyborg Soldier 2050 not sound crazy to you? That comes from the government. 
What is crazier to believe that the government is building Marvel superheroes to go fight Russia and China and North Korea, or that the government is actually using our money, our resources uh, to build this sort of immortality technology for themselves when their own spokesman for transhumanism at the highest levels of the private sector and the government talk about this, this quest for immortality? I mean, both ideas are crazy, except you and I talking about it. We don't have any power. We don't wield any influence. These guys do. All right, let's continue. To do that, we need to intervene. So the other dimension of these neurotechnologies are interventional neurotechnologies. Now, I'm not going to bring you down the rabbit hole into what each and all of these things do, because you don't want to be a neuroscientist, and I'm certainly not going to make you a neuroscientist in an hour. But I think it becomes important to dial into a little bit more clarity and with further granularity what we're really talking about when we talk about these relative assessment and interventional technologies. In the former case, probably the one that gives the most rise to both provocation and contention are various forms of neuroimaging, the ability to image the living brain, to be able to see what brain areas are differentially active as we engage in different thoughts, feelings, emotions, and tasks, and to then correlate the interaction of those nodes and networks with discrete patterns that occur not only in individuals, but in groups of individuals. In other words, if I can see how this gentleman brain works, whether he's awake or falling asleep, thought I catch you. The idea there is that I can then understand, I'm only kidding, I can only, I can understand better, relax, can only understand better not only what makes him happy, agitated, engaged, or tired, but I can then in some way alter my discourse to be able to make him feel happier, more engaged, and less tired. In so doing, I can take the information I have about the way a brain works, and I can put it to good use, practical use. Think about this. If I know what makes you tick as an individual, and I'm then able to generate patterns of how you as an individual relate to, are similar to, or different from other individuals, I may be able to then generate information that allows me to interact with you on ways that are more meaningful to our level of interaction. In other words, the more I know about what makes you tick, the more my interactions can be geared with you to make you tick the way I want you to. Okay, so let's pause there for a second. Just think about this. I let him go for a while because what he was saying there was not too complex, didn't really have to be broken down. But essentially what he's saying is if he has the ability to scan my brain, Dustin's brain, and he knows what makes me tick, he knows what makes me excited, he knows what makes me angry, then he could utilize certain words, certain phrases, certain activities, certain facial mannerisms that he could manipulate me. Uh, nothing new there. A lot of people know about this. You can read about this type of stuff if you want to become a lecturer, give better business presentations, you want to be a better salesman. You know, this isn't new stuff that he's talking about, but he is laying the foundation for what what he is about to get into folks and what i'm about to get into is a short break ladies and gentlemen i will be back right here on pain.tv slash gold my name is dustin gold and this is the dustin gold standard you're listening to the dustin gold standard on pain.tv join the discussion at pain.tv slash gold 